0: Who knows God's greater? Anyone? He's greater. What's he greater than? Everything. Everything. Yeah, you guys, about the time we get it done, y'all are going to get it. Amen? That's the whole idea, right? By the time we get done, we get it. God's greater. What are you facing? Fear, darkness, death, you. God's greater. Today, What's God greater than? God is greater than my need. Somebody say praise God. praise God. If He wasn't greater than my need, I would be in trouble. God is greater than my need. It says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, this should be one of those, uh, those verses that you have in your car, that you have on your phone, that you have on your in your bathroom that you just have right up in front of you all the time because it says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Shall he supply part of your need? No, all of your need. And is it based on what's in your account? No, it's based on what's in his account. It's not even based on our world system. It's based on his kingdom. The world system can't contain God's kingdom. Can't contain it. Well, I want to ask you a question. Do you have a need? Are you in need? Are you needy? We don't like that. I'm needy. This morning, I was needy. Had to drag my wife out of bed. Will you tie this bow tie for me? I've never tied a bow tie. And I'll probably wear one about once or twice a year, so I don't really think I need to learn how to tie one. She knows how. I'll just drag her out of bed. I have a need. Will you get out of bed? Can I encourage you? God's not asleep. We don't have to go wake him up. He's ready. He's ready to meet your need. This verse tells us that God will supply our need by a distinct and definite measure according to his riches. That's his measure. According to his riches. And by declaring this, it shows us that God is not stingy when it comes to his provision. He's not stingy at all. Have you ever heard the expression, God is my provider? Where have you heard that? And the Bible tells me so. Where? Where does it tell you? Let's look at it. Genesis chapter 22. Y'all got your Bibles? This is a great, great place to to highlight, to underline. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said, Abraham, here I am, he replied. What did we just learn that God does to us sometimes? He tests us. Uh, All of our students are about to go into TCAP testing going to get an idea of what they know. Why does God test us? To show us how much we need Him. To show us He knows the answer. He tests us to draw us closer to Him. He tests us for our good. He's checking your heart. He's doing it because He loves you. Verse 2, then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, and I will, on a mountain I will show you. Now, if you got that word, what would you do? Immediately, what would we do? I must have read that wrong. Wait a minute, something, that, that can't be right. Or, I'm done with this. But what does it say he did? Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey, took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about. I want you to notice Abraham didn't wait. He didn't fuss. He didn't complain. He didn't make excuses. He obeyed. Verse 4. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, Stay here with the donkey while I, while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Verse 6. Abraham took the, word for the burnt, wood for the burnt offering and placed it on, placed it on his son Isaac, and he, and, him, and he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Verse 7. Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, Yes, my son. Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Isaac's pretty smart. Isaac is paying attention. Dad, we got the wood, we got the fire, but something's missing. Where's the offering? Where's the animal? I know how this process works. Something's about to die. Where is it? Dad, what's about to die? Abraham answered, God himself will provide. He'll provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Verse 9. When they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar and there arranged the wood on it. Abraham looked up, and there, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Verse 14. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you, Lord, to speak right to our hearts today, Lord. That we would have no hindrance between us and you. That whatever hindrance we may have, Lord, that you would cast it away, that you would rebuke it, that you would remove it from us, that whatever enemy is trying to harm us right here and keep us from getting your word, that, Lord, you, have already, ha- you already have the victory. We access that victory right now, and we say, Lord, our hearts are open to your word. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you go and look at the Hebrew of this, the Lord will provide. You've all heard this expression more than likely. If you haven't, that's great. I love hearing new things. We saw the word Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Everybody say Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. What are you facing? You need Jehovah Jireh, you need my God. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. I don't know if you caught that scripture in Philippians 4.19. It says, my God. My God. I am his and he is mine. My God shall supply my need. Who is my God? My God is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. But the Lord won't provide on your mountain. The Lord will provide on his mountain. So many times we go looking for the Lord's provision on our mountain and it's not there. And then somehow we blame God for a lack of his provision. His provision is on his mountain. His provision is in his kingdom, not outside his kingdom. His provision is in his kingdom. His provision is according to his word. His provision is according to his will. Somebody say, Amen. This is good. Amen. Yeah, there we go, Mark. My preaching's a lot better than your responding. <laughs> amen. That's not trying to bring any glory to me. God is good. How many of you want God's provision? Amen. How many of you want to know you may be on the wrong mountain? Amen. That's key information. We're looking for an address, but we're at the wrong place. Me and Peter Sozy went to go pray for a family right after church, and we go to um, so-and-so North Walnut, and we're looking for the address. Well, it's not here. It's South Walnut. Oh, that's information I could have used. (laughs) We'll get in our car, and we'll drive the other direction. We're on this mountain. God says, Not that mountain. This mountain. God's not hidden his mountain. He's not made a treasure map for us to go figure out clues. Well, I hope I find it here. No, he has made it clear where his mountain is. His mountain is where his will is. His mountain is where his word is. His mountain is where his spirit is. His mountain is where his people is. Where's his mountain? Are we looking for his provision on his mountain? First thing to do is quit looking for the provision, get on his mountain. Okay, have I lost you? God provided. Abraham obeyed in faith, believing that God would provide. And God provided. Later you see in Scripture that Abraham had said, well, if the son had died, God could raise him from the dead. That's how much Abraham knew his God. God would provide. My God will provide. Key number one to God's provision obedience. How do you get on the mountain of the Lord? Obedience. Everybody say obedience. obedience. It's not a fun word to say. Obey. Oh, yea. Obey. 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 So many times we get impatient and we don't move in obedience to God. We move in obedience to our impatience. We don't move in obedience to God. We move in obedience to our impatience. Our impatience takes the place, takes the place God has. Quit moving by your impatience and move by God. And we try to provide in other ways. Same guy, Abraham, got promised a son, Isaac, through his wife, Sarah, who was old. Someone came in this morning, asked me how long I'd been married, and I started to think, I'm old. We did get married young, but yet... You know, I never thought 40 was old. It never bothered me. But thinking about 25 years of marriage, that's the silver anniversary. So you start getting old stuff when you get those anniversaries 22, but it's coming. It's coming in 20, 22. Anyway, just let me go on this little. Just let me go, please. Is this real or what? Can anybody relate? We've been married 21 years. It's awesome. I love her more than I loved her then. She's more beautiful now than you were when I married you. God is so good. But, but, big but. Started thinking, I'm old. Sarah, I wasn't listening. Y'all are still talking about buts. Let's move on. I missed that one. I don't want to hear it. Let's keep going. <laughs> Amen. Sarah was old when that promise of a, of a son through Sarah came. It was, it, she was so old, she laughed. God, what are you talking about? I'm going to have a baby. You're crazy. Go read it. It's in there. And what did, what did Sarah and Abraham do? They got impatient. And they tried to handle it on their own. And Abraham slept with their servant, Hagar, and had Ishmael. And the problems began. To this day, we still deal with these Ishmael problems today. But God, that wasn't God's plan. God's plan was Isaac, not Ishmael. We get impatient, and we move, and we mess it up. We get going. We collect our things. We get the wood. We're ready to go, and we start walking. Then comes a storm, and we quit. We get going, and things get tough, and we quit. We make it to the end, and we realize there's a huge sacrifice, and we quit. We make excuses. We compromise. We justify convincingly. We even believe it, and we make those around us believe it that it's the right thing to do to quit. When all along that ram is there, we just don't see it. That ram was walking up the other side of that mountain with Abraham. Abraham's going up, the ram's going up. So that at the time Abraham is ready to be completely obedient, God says, here's the provision. Are you going to be obedient? Are you going to be obedient? Oh, please be obedient. Please be obedient. Because the moment you kick that in, the provision is there. God wants to provide for your life. Key number one, obedience. So many times we blame God for the lack of provision. If we learn God's word, learn God's plan, follow that plan, God will provide at the perfect time. If we circumvent that, we mess it up. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13 says, And it shall be that if, everybody say if, you earnestly obey my commandments which I command you today to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then, everybody say then. then. Then I will give you the rain for your land and its season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain your new wine and your oil. Can I give you a word today? God is saying, it always rains on my mountain. It doesn't matter whether it's the rainy season or the dry season. It doesn't matter whether it's the harvest season or the planting season. It's always harvest season on my mountain. It will rain when it's not supposed to rain. It will produce when it's not supposed to produce. God always produces. Always on His mountain. It rains on His mountain. But the key to provision? Obedience. If you obey, if you obey my word, Abraham obeyed when he was asked to sacrifice the most precious thing he had, his promised son, his covenant son. Do you see the foreshadowing of what God was going to do later? Abraham didn't have to give up his son. Father God did. Father God did. That leads me to the next key. First, obedience is key, but there's another key. And it's giving. And I want you to know, God, Father God, showed us this when he gave his son. Have you ever heard people say, oh, you're having to give up your Isaac? Have you ever heard that expression? It's kind of a churchy expression. But so many times we have these things that we put in place of God we put it on a pedestal. We even kind of get out of order of where is God. And, and, and sometimes we have things that we think, this must be God. This is where my whole focus is going to be. And sometimes we have to offer that Isaac up to the Lord and say, Lord, it's yours. If it needs to die, let it die. But if it needs to live, show me how I'm supposed to walk this thing out. So many times with our kids, so many times with our relationships, so many times in our jobs, we have to recognize God I've missed it somewhere. I need to get up on your mountain and offer you what I have. And say, Lord, where do I go from here? Because I'm trying to make something that needs to die live. And I'm keeping from what you're wanting to do in my life. God gave. Key number two is giving. And I want you to recognize something from Abraham. Abraham did both in this story. He obeyed and he gave. He obeyed the Word, and he was willing to give the most precious thing that he had, knowing God would provide. Knowing God would provide. Malachi, it's so funny that uh, Zach went, went through this word this morning, because you're going to see how this lines right up. Malachi chapter 3. Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? But you say, in what way have I robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Verse 9. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will open for you the window of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. Verse 11, and I... God will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in your field, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 12, and all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Let's back up just a little bit. It says, bring a tithe. If you don't know what a tithe is, a tithe is a tenth. Bring a tenth and bring a tenth of what? It's a tenth of your harvest, of your first fruits, of your produce. I have learned in my life, it's very similar to Zach's testimony. Just go ahead and give it. We don't know whether we're getting, getting this money or not. The tenth has to get in. We have to give first in order to receive. Scripture says, given it will be given to you. Whether you know it or not, you were fulfilling the Word of God by giving first, receiving second. We would rather receive first and give Second. It doesn't work like that. We've got to put seed in the ground. If you want tomatoes, how many of you are going to plant a garden? Have you, have you already planted? Way to go. None of you. Okay. We're going to plant a garden. It's, and, and soon. We're going to hopefully do it in the next week or so. But we are not going to have a harvest if we don't sow seed. I don't care how much I pray. I can pray in Shanda until I get a Honda. And I, until I, if I don't get that... I'm not getting any tomatoes. I don't care how spiritual I am. Give. The the key to God's provision is give. Give mercy and you'll get mercy. Give grace and you'll get grace. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, tenth of your produce. And you know what God says? Go ahead, test me on this one. Go ahead. Try me. Prove me wrong. Go ahead and try, because God says, this is God, I'll prove me right. I will prove me, not me, I will prove me faithful. I will prove me True. Isn't isn't that a good deal? Try. What's he going to prove? That he'll bless you. I like that deal. All right, I'm going to try you. I've heard how good this new Mexican restaurant is. I'll go try it. We'll see if I like it or not. Okay, God, you says try you. If I give, you're gonna, you're gonna supply my need. Not just that. What's he gonna do? Hey, he's gonna pour out such a blessing that I won't have room enough to receive it. America. I'm, I'm good with that. Anyone else? Who, who here doesn't wanna be blessed? Who here does wanna be blessed? Yeah. Try. God just says, try. Just try. Put yourself in a position where you fulfill His Word and let God show you that He'll do it. Whew. I like that. But that's not all. He will rebuke the devourer. The, The devourer. What's a devourer? Word looks just hard to say. Devourer. Country, devourer. <laughs> a devourer eats up greedily or ravenously. How many of you feel like that's what your paycheck winds up? To use up or destroy as if by eating. It's like the cookie monster. There went my paycheck. And it's all just falling to the ground. Or finally, to prey upon. Not P-R-A-Y, P-R-E-Y. He's going to rebuke. You know what rebuke means? To turn away or keep down. He's going to turn away or keep down that enemy that's trying to devour your stuff. So that he, Satan, will not destroy your harvest, your fruit, your stuff. Not only that, so that you will not fail to bear fruit. But that's not all. All the nations will talk about you. I know you're thinking, oh no. Oh yes. They will call you blessed. They will call you blessed because you will be a delightful land all because God wants to be your provider. But provide God's way, God's will by his word. When we line up with his word, church, he provides. He provides. Luke 6:38 Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Giving unlocks heavenly, godly blessing. Joel 2, verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. I want you to know you don't have to wait. He will bless you in the first month. It's not one of those things where you're just going to be given in faith for years and then maybe, maybe you come out of the hole. Nope, your day of coming out of the hole starts now. It starts now, but the key is you've got to try him now in this. Give. Give. God, another good, encouraging word. God's in charge of the harvest not you. You're not in charge of the harvest. God's in charge of the harvest. You sow. You sow. He sends the rain. He rebukes the devourer. He sees that the fruit comes in. He takes a dead seed and brings life into it and multiplies that seed. You can't do that. You can't but we gotta get the seed in the ground. We've gotta obey, we've gotta give. And we don't have to worry about producing fruit. If you guys heard me from Wednesday night, the apple tree doesn't have to sit there and think, okay, apple. Apple, look what I did. Apple. The apple tree doesn't have to sit there and think about it. As long as it's connected, As long as it's raining, sun comes out, apples come forth. God wants to provide for you. God wants to provide. Our part is to do the will of God and not give up. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, this is it. I'm going to close. Let us not become weary in doing good things, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up. Obey and give. Those are two main keys. It's not the only keys, but it are two major keys in the provision of God. Now, when I close, when we end the service, we have got um, Cookville Pregnancy Clinic, uh, RV, uh, bus, van thing, Mobile mobile unit. Thank you out front that we want you to go see. Now, I want you to know Church on the Hill sowed 10% of what that cost was. We gave $7,500 to help further that ministry, but we did it kind of twofold to bless Nancy Knowlton and what Crisis Pregnancy Center, Cookville Pregnancy Clinic does, but also we need seed in the ground. And that's good Soil. I want to encourage you to go out and look at that. Go through that while you're here. It's a a way that they can now go to young ladies, to ladies and be able to catch them right where they are and show them an ultrasound of life. They can now go to them. They don't have to wait for them to come to their office. If they can see life, their chances of them not aborting are so much greater. Now, that seed that we sow, God has blessed our church as we have sown seeds. Now, I want to encourage you. Our church, we need our offerings to increase. We've got a building we want to build. We've got a full church. We've got children's church that's busting. We need to separate the kids. And do you know how we're going to build that building? Is by God blessing you. I'm not trying to build the building. I'm trying to get you positioned to get blessed pressed down, shaken, shaken together and running over. When that happens, God doesn't, God doesn't need help building buildings. He's God according to His riches plenty. He's not hurting. But we've got to kick it in. We've got to kick in our obedience. We've got to kick in our giving. How, how many here are coming up short every week? That's no way to live. God doesn't want you to come up short every week. He wants you to have enough to give. I want you to know, church, I am not tugging at your wallets. We're not going to take up another offering. It's got to be our heart. God wants to bless you, and He wants to bless you financially. He wants to bless your health. He wants to bless your family. He wants to be your provider. Provider. Amen? Stand up with me. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, we just want to grab hold of your word. We want to be obedient to your word. Lord, we're a needy people that have great needs. Lord, I've got great needs. But Lord, I know you to be my provider. Lord, I ask you to give Church on the Hill a heart to give. A heart to give mercy, a heart to give patience, a heart to give grace. A heart to serve, a heart to give out of our abundance, out of our first fruits, and to give first and let you provide. Thank you, Lord. Are you hurting in your finances today? We want to pray for you. Are you, are you have battling a health issue? We want to pray for you. You know, God's Jehovah Jireh, but he's Jehovah Rophi. He's the Lord, your healer. What need do you have? God wants to meet it today. Have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come up here and let us pray for you. Those that are ministering with me, y'all, come on up. And we're just going to sing as Zach sings. Let's just position ourselves for the Lord to provide.